Welcome to Antimatterpod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're discussing the latest episode of Star Trek Picard, Et in Arcadia Ego, Part 1. Okay, before we start, I just want to say I am at not 100%. I'm really sorry to hear that. Do you have the plague? I don't have the plague. I don't, I'm not actually sick in any way. I am just overworked and overstressed. And, yes. Uh, and I don't think I'm alone in this. No. But And I think it will be really nice to talk about Star Trek for a while and nothing important. Yeah. But I think everyone will understand if you're not at your usual, your usual brilliant self. Perkiness. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, hopefully I won't have to cut any rants this week. I've had stern words with my computer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have very mixed feelings about this episode, but I kind of like how it's basically a TNG story. (laughs) They visit this idyllic utopian world, which consists of a town square and a lab, and there's a white-haired patriarch, and then they discover that the inhabitants are paying a terrible price for their utopia, and also that the sexiest lady is a bit evil, because that was a choice that someone made. Now that, you know, now that you've laid that all out, you're so right. Well, it's also the costumes, because they look like something out of season one of Next Gen. Definitely the costumes, and I also got that vibe from the place, like the, the whole their little town how they only had one town like one yeah one yeah. street and there were a lot of them but I also it also seemed like very few like they kept saying they were all gonna fit in La Serenia and I was like how many people are in this town I'm very confused yeah this is like it's, it's a weird. space spacious spaceship but there seemed to be a fair few clo- uh, clones uh, twins androids whatever they are and then there was like this super innocent one who, mm. who's still very sexy. Yes, they're all very sexy. Although we didn't really get to see any of the men. No, they no. were sort of background there, and it was much more like the sexiness was much more on the women. Yeah, yeah, which is also very Star Trek. You know, we throw in some topless guys in the background for the ladies, but. Uh, in the foreground, it's sexy women all the way down. Mm-hmm. It, this is maybe not representing the best episodes of TNG, I have to say. Well, I mean, you said first season, so. Well, yeah, and then we have the second season thing of the guy who wants to transfer his consciousness into an android body. That is literally a season two episode. I mean, and it's also like every sci-fi ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to admit this. But I don't think I like Brent Spiner as an actor. Oh! I'm just, I, I found that entire character so tedious. I kept feeling like we were meant to, and then they were talking about Bruce Maddox, like he was genuinely a great loss to the universe. And <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it's okay to kill really mediocre people. Obviously, it's not okay to kill anyone, but he was really mediocre. Like, it's not like... You murdered Da Vinci. I, yeah, that that was that was the thing. It was the, there was this whole, this great loss of this genius, and mm. maybe if the, if the synths 
cared. Like, it was only Sung. What's his name? Al. It was only Al, really. And, AI. His and, initials are AI. And because that's the kind of asshole Noonie and Sung was. And uh, and Picard, like, and and they had that horrible picture in the lab. They had. Oh, why? I just I hate everything about Bruce Maddox and Agnes, and I can't take it seriously. And even like AI, whatever. So Brent, I'm just gonna call him Brent. Yes, Brent. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just the whole Bruce Maddox thing was annoying, and the fact that the synths never like said he was our father or anything. Yeah, it was only yeah. the humans who were talking him up, and. It, there just seems to be this weird disconnect where we're supposed to believe that Bruce Maddox is amazing and they all care about him, but the only one who cared about him was Brent and I and I guess Agnes and like Picard. And when was Picard ever Bruce Maddox's friend? It was just weird. I feel like Picard only cares because Picard objects to murder in general and is the kind of person who sees every loss as a great loss for humanity, even if the guy was kind of shitty. But, you know, Agnes came up with the idea behind these synths and I, she's, you know, you're the closest thing to a mother they have. But again, uh, that was just him saying that, so it was really strange. The thing to me, and I think I said this a few weeks ago, but... It really feels like that thing of the great man of science and the woman who did all the work but doesn't do doesn't get the Nobel Prize. Yeah. And I don't think that's intentional. No, I don't think it's intentional like, either. I think we're supposed to not like Brent. I think we're supposed to find him a little bit questionable and yes. wonder whose side he's on and what his purpose is and if he's even human or or just pretending or mm. you know, there's a lot he's supposed to be another mystery box. But I am so over that. And it just seems like how many characters is Brent Spiner going to play? And, and why yeah. do we keep letting him? <laughs> Unlike you, I like him as an actor. But I think when he's playing human roles, he often plays the same type. The kind of twitchy, vaguely creepy guy. And this is another one of those. I don't mind him as Data. But every other character he plays, I don't like <laughs> Right, because even Laura is very twitchy. Right. And, and Data is steady and stable and lovely. Basically, Data deserves a better family. And he had that on the Enterprise. Aww, that's sweet. Except now we have to put up with his shitty relatives. And oh, this is like the worst Christmas ever. <laughs> I don't know. I think still... Generations is the worst Christmas ever. <laughs> I, just, I just can't let that pass. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. <laughs> it's it's interesting that we have the golem introduced, and I really admire Chabon's uh, use of Jewish mythology there. And at the same time, Picard's condition is back and active, and his people know about it. And I really hope that they don't actually transfer Picard's consciousness into a robot body because I hate that kind of thing but I'm okay with a bit of foreshadowing and a bit of misdirection because like I feel like he's going to be cured the question is how mm, okay 
it's just this just sound horrible but i would really mm-hmm. like the uh the borg to use borg stuff to fix him and it be this weird yeah something he really hates about himself and his life being what allows him Saved to him. go on you know yeah no that's what i was hoping for too and as sort of a redemption for the borg right who i'm totally like the the borg are my friends now yeah, yeah. They're, I love the one guys. whose only line is Locutus. his only thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He's so he just he just really wants like, and that's why, like, I think it would be kind of amazing if Picard was able to reconcile being Locutus to these Borg. Yeah, with his you know his Grandpa Picardness of the rest of the crew. He can bring the all the XBs back to live with him in Fra- in France. Oh my gosh. They could take they could they would be really helpful around the vineyard. Lars and Japan would yeah. love it. But they'll be so thrilled. Number one will be so happy. So many more people to throw sticks. <laughs> oh, let's see, and now I want little Locutus Borg. Aww. He needs a name. But he I want him to play with number one. That would be so cute. I just think, you know, when you've been assimilated and gone through this terrible trauma, a bit of nature therapy is probably good for you. Aww. And clearly, clearly the citizens of Labar are used to just about anything at this point. <laughs> so why not? They were going to give Picard the key to the city right after he nearly assimilated the entire planet. You know, it's weird how Picard like is remembered as the hero of that whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, no. Riker was the hero. It's a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we are wildly off topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a very sort of muddled episode, and I think that we do better structurally with episodes that have a type when we're talking about episodes with a type structure. It was definitely I mean it was it's it was a part one, and part ones are always a lot of setup and not a lot of payoff, but not it was all set up. Nothing actually happened. Everything was, and then this, and then this, and then this. We learn things. Like, we, we learn more about the synths and their cool, hippie, happy sack, hacky sack, hippie lifestyle. And... I mean, I guess. I think, that, I think that you are projecting that based on that it's, it's, that it has all the trappings of, as you say, a... Season one this TNG, is, yeah, or to be yeah. honest, an original series mm. planet. And it, so it doesn't. I didn't get a sense of who any of these synths were, other than Sutra is evil and Saga yes. is innocent. Like that, that's yeah. that's all yeah. I got, and all of the rest of them are just sort of there. This is sadly true. We don't know if there's any structure to how. To how they live we don't know if there are scientists or you know who is making the glass ornaments that saga wears and it really seems like sutra considers herself to be the leader of them all mm. whether they voted for her or not or how how that happens she's the leader she's the mouthpiece of them all and she's decided that she's gonna go get the evil monster synth to mm. come and kill all of the humans and Romulans for her 
and no one says anything. Like, it's really weird how no one said yes or no. Like, there was no conversation. It was just Sutra giving a speech and Picard interrupting to give Picard a speech. Picard gives a counter speech. To, yeah, to give a speech. <laughs> so. It's, it's basically a high school debate. And there, but there were so many people there. Again, there was this huge crowd of people and they kept like panning up to show the, the whole building of people and yet yeah. none of them spoke. These people are not very data-esque. I just wanted more, more than what we got. More of them. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we could have... And I know that you know it's, a, it's only 10 episodes, so I get why we have to sort of fast forward to the end or whatever. But I feel like we could have had an episode where they just meet a lot of different people on this mm. planet or you know something happens or we get to see them before our our crew arrive like but also it's been weeks since elnor had any character development why yeah. do we need elnor i right. love him he is perfect but he is contributing very little to the story and he's had so much screen time you know he basically had a whole episode elnor which could have been Elnor and Seven seem to be on a different series. Like they're, yeah, they're just, yeah. Like they, they're okay. So you know, um, a, a backdoor pilot. Yes, that's called? yes. That's what Elnor and Seven seem to me. It's like they're not actually supposed to be on this show. They're pitching to be on their own show. Uh, I'm a little scared to mention Michael Chabon's Instagram to you. <laughs> I've heard that he wanted that and was shot yes. Down. Yes. That's yes. Like he said it Instagram. That's not that's an okay thing to say on Instagram because it doesn't affect the plot of this Yeah. What the of the season that's happening, of the story that's being told right now in any way. It's just sort of I he it, Elnor is a lot of people's favorite character, but he you're right, he doesn't contribute anything. And he, there's only yeah. one episode left. So even if he and Seven, as I'm completely expecting, come in and and something amazing happens with them all. That doesn't help the fact that he hasn't done anything yet. Right, right. And the thing is, I fully expect that Seven is able to get the Borg Cube's comms online and put in a call to Starfleet going, Catherine, I stole a Borg Cube and went joyriding and crashed. Can you come and pick us up? <laughs> By the way, there's like yeah. three million Romulans here. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> FYI. So, like, I fully expect it to be a seven ex machina. And, you know, I'm a Voyager fan. I'm used to that sort of thing. But I don't understand why it keeps happening like this and why these choices have been made. Like, I honestly feel like a lot of this Borg stuff would have been better served as a plot on its own, separate from the synths. Like, they tie in together. But yeah. ultimately, the Borg themselves have just been mostly a red herring. Why was... So she sent there. You know how like she gets there and like they're like, uh, did you do your mission on the board keeper weapon? And she's like, Yes. And she's like, No, yeah. you didn't. Well, you did nothing. You found out where we were. That that wasn't your mission. Like, how could that possibly be her mission? No, her mission was to find out what destroyed the board cube, and the audience has learned that. Right, but <laughs> But Soji hasn't. But saying right, there's no evidence that Soji has any of this knowledge. It's it's just strange. And then they let go the one person who would have the knowledge. <laughs> I, whatever, whatever, Sutra. I don't know what your deal is. 
you're just evil. And I'm tired yeah. of that too. I'm just I didn't like her yeah. at all. And I didn't like anything about her. I was like, am I recoiling away from her because she's the sexy one and Soji is so relatively wholesome and I you know, is this a sex negativity thing on my part? Or is it just that she's not a good character? And I don't like to think that I have any flaws, so I'm going to assume she's not a good character. <laughs> well, what is her character? Her character is, I'm using people. Yeah, yeah. That's her character. It's... So... Yeah, it's not cool, su Sutra. I don't understand how this, like I already said, that I don't understand how the village works at all. I don't understand mm. how Brent fits in. I... I don't know. I have a lot of questions and I and I'm not going to get any of the answers because it's not no, important it's... because the, it's this it's just a way to get to the end where we have I don't know, Soji save the Romulans. I'm going to assume that Soji will have second thoughts about Operation Genocide the entire Alpha and Beta Quadrants, because that is a truly terrible plan. And I know you're generally on the side of the Cylons, but... <laughs> they didn't you know. kill everybody. <laughs> right, right. And, and someone has to point out to Soji, you know, this isn't just the Romulans and it's not... The Federation is not just an abstract idea. The Federation is Kestra and her family right. and... Her right. trill friend, who we assume is still alive on the crashed artifact somewhere. Yeah, whatever happened to her? Yeah, I don't know. She was actually in the IMDb credits for last week, and I'm wondering if maybe her scenes were cut. Hmm. Like, I would not be horrified if there was, like, an extended edition on Blu-ray or something, because mm -hmm. I feel like we've missed so much that should have been on the screen. I agree. And then we can all fight about whether those cutscenes are canon or not. All right. So let's talk about is Soon going to be a little bit evil? I think that any time a guy tells you that he would like to transfer himself into an android body so he can survive the genocide he mildly approves of, <laughs> that's a little bit evil. And, okay, is it's my understanding that the reason the super AI wants to kill all organic life is because organic life is going to put themselves into synth bodies and take over the artificial intelligence. Like, he's literally oh, enacting... Oh, I didn't get that at all. What? If from Soji... Not Soji. Sutra's speech? Mm. About, like, you know, while the abomination... Uh, admonition... <laughs> mind meld was going on there's too many like they're they call themselves so, they call me abomination but it's the admission whatever mm. anyway i'm i get confused but sutra was saying in her little speech and it suggested to me that organics would always be jealous of synths because synths can live forever and so they were going to replace the synth soul with their own consciousness and take them over and basically turn them into like body farms. I didn't get that, <laughs> but I think that is definitely a reasonable interpretation. And I would kind of laugh if, you know, the Reapers turn up and just kill Sung and then <laughs> later to everyone else. 
I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I've watched but... a lot of anime, so maybe it's just <laughs> that's why it's by interpretation, like because I've seen that story before. But it just that while she was speaking, I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." And then he literally like that was his plan. Mm. So it's just like, yeah. so they're right about you is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I think sort of the tragedy is that whether it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or not, they are right about many organics. It's just that, as Picard says, hashtag not all organics. <laughs> well, and Picard, it, it was funny when Picard, and I, he didn't, he is not all organics and also don't kill any of them, even Narek. Yeah. You know, he was he was on board with saving Narek. And I have to say that that was such a... It in Batman Begins, at the end of Batman Begins. <laughs> listen, okay, mm. I have a point. No, there. no, no. Um, so at the end of Batman Begins, uh, Batman has his enemy, and they're like on a train and they're gonna crash. And basically, he's he's defeated his enemy, and his enemy, Raza Ghul, uh, Liam Neeson, is like, oh kill yeah, me. you know, kill me, or you know, that's you know that because he wants to destroy, you know. Batman's whole I'm not gonna I don't murder people thing and so, yeah and and Batman says I'm not going to kill you but I don't have to save you and so when Picard was like there's a difference between killing your enemy and choosing not to save your enemy and I was like wow Picard is like the anti-Batman <laughs> it, was, it was like really kind of cool to me. in I so many moment. respects I really liked it. I was like, oh, you're like showing how ridiculous that whole horrible Batman thing is. So I was yeah, like, yeah. go Picard. But when he interrupted Sutra to make his counter speech, he really, he made this face like, well, those are the Romulans. You can't, you can't judge all of organic mm. life and especially humanity based on what the Romulans do and so he was like being speciesist <laughs> while standing up for them it was kind of was, I think we should appreciate nuanced. I liked it yeah 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 we should appreciate that even in his working to be an ethical person he still has flaws and that's the sort of thing I like and I feel like yeah. Picard was really Picard this week, just as he was last week. And also and when Soji tells him that the synths can't be his project, she's right. Yeah, she's and right. And someone should have said that two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. But so how does she know all that about him? A. B. Why does Brent know? Like, I get that Brent would know about the Federation and, and like Picard leaving in a huff about the synth ban, but it seems like he knows too much about it. Like he, it was too. For a guy who's been in hiding for yeah, 15 years. Exactly. So I, I figure he's just still really actively lurking on social media. I, guess so. I just, they, it was another instance of these characters do not know the whole story we know the whole so why, story, but yeah. these characters don't. Why are they being the mouthpiece for that part? Like, it's because it's convenient. And it's because, we, of course, we want Soji to be the one to make that statement because it it's very good for her character and it's good for the relationship between Picard and Soji. 
but she doesn't have that knowledge. Just like Rafi didn't have the knowledge last week when it was great for her character, but why does she know this? I feel like Soji probably has that knowledge because Picard sat at the Riker Troy dinner table and said, I thought I had nothing and now I have you and I'm going to dedicate myself to saving you. And literally my flatmate said, God, Picard, you can't just make another person your project. But, and so but Soji whole, has drawn the same conclusion. The whole save the Romulans thing, like, did she just, did she go, like, read Picard's Wikipedia page in the nine hours that it took them to get there? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> like, it was just, it was that line. It wasn't, it wasn't the idea of you can't make me your project. Like, that's good, but you can't make up for your Romulan mistakes with me is, like, she's, she's not even met Elnor like she's she's seen him a couple times but it's not like they have a conversation so she just seems to have more of an intimate mm. relationship to that part of the story than I think she a, would have a guy she's known for basically less than a week right so but but it's okay like especially with Soji it's okay because she can get information at any moment you know because she's connected to everything and fine whatever she's a synth so she knows things maybe it, she's it just, just keeps, very very perceptive the, the fact that it keeps coming up is what annoys me because i i agree with you that i was a strong moment and it was good for the story but it it was there was this disconnect between mm. what i just wanted to enjoy that more than I could because I was nitpicking and I agree that it's nitpicking like I admit I'm nitpicking and I'm sorry no but at the same time if you're making television that aspires to a particular level of quality you do need to take the time with your writing to work and revise and to fix these problems and you know HBO has done some pretty amazing science fiction that's not Game of Thrones, and they're they're on the ball from the first episode. They don't they they don't have these problems, and I don't know if they give their writers more time or more money to to work on this stuff. But I feel like this is almost a CBS All Access problem, where they want prestige drama, but they're not willing to invest the time to let writers do prestige work. Hmm, that's fair. It could even be a... See how I didn't blame Chabon? No. Because I, I genuinely don't think this is entirely his fault. Like, no. if you have a time crunch, you can't do your best work. I think, it, I think you're right that it is... Because CBS All Access is still CBS. It's still network television. Right. And they're right. still... And CBS is like one of the oldest network televisions. So they have this playbook that's 50 years old that they're still following. Yeah, yeah, and it's only slowly evolving. Like, it's really, it, you know, The Good Fight is is another CBS All Access show, and it, it's a spin-off of The Good Wife. And both mm. The Good Wife and The Good Fight have really amazing, creative episodes that are, like, wild and wacky and as trippy as any good HBO show. yeah. But it is also, like, that's, you know, 20%, and 80% of the time, it's a procedural. And then the good fight is, like, we're going to be going 
closer to 50 50 but it's like every episode is 50 50 it looks like it's, it's like 50 percent procedural and 50 percent i have no idea what's going on and it's like crazy yeah talk. and so yeah, it's like they haven't they're, quite worked out a balance they're trying to do new things and i think that star trek ricard is a continuation of that idea of star trek has been very procedural up to this point even deep space nine mm. and we're now going to move into a more of a Game of Thrones, big, wild ideas and full, you know, giant story arc that not not only is a, a big arc over this one season, but is a big arc over eight seasons. And they're not, they don't quite know how to do it. Right. And I can forgive that. You know, it's difficult to learn new skills, but it's just frustrating that they so continually make the same sort of mistakes. Like Discovery and Picard both have similar problems in that the seasons don't, the pacing is always off, the seasons don't quite, the ideas don't quite measure up mm-hmm. on close consideration. This is going to sound silly, but the fact that I didn't, that this episode really sort of, it just sort of happened. Like I have no, yeah. I have no reaction to this episode. I don't dislike it. I don't like it. It's just, it happened and there's going to be a more next week and that's going to, it's all going to make sense once we get there. Whereas in Discovery... My sweet optimistic child. In Discovery, yes. I really liked the ep- the penultimate episodes, especially in the yeah. first season. And, and then I hated the finales. And so <laughs> the fact that I don't actually care about this episode makes me more... I have more positive vibes for the finale because... I like I don't know it can't be this huge disappointment the way that discovery was it's true it's true my expectations are pretty low so so I'm like I don't know I feel better about it yeah yeah and and at least Narek is finally gonna join my side Yes, I know that he's working for now? I know that literally no one else cares about Narek <laughs> like I understand this and I know that he is very bargain basement Kylo Ren, but I still, he's still my Kylo Romulan and I'm still like Nary's number one fan. And I'm excited that he's at least pretending to be good next week. <laughs> I was really repulsed yet impressed by his scene with Soji when he's in the sort of makeshift brig where he's like, I love you. And I want you to die. And I just felt like suddenly it clicked for me that this is maybe not intentionally, but it's a really good depiction of an abusive relationship. And that thing where if Narek can't have her, no one will. And it's horrible. It's absolutely detestable. But it is so well done. And then Sutra came in and ruined it because yeah. that's what she does. She's the worst. Sutra's the yep. worst. And Sutra definitely she's... killed the other, killed Saga, right? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. that's a given, right? 100%. Sutra is the destroyer. Soji is just the unlucky girl who has her face. Hmm. Stupid Sutra. <laughs> so oh, like, she's the like, worst. I just, I just don't like her at all. Uh, I have to assume that Jana had a much better personality and that's why she was the one sent out as like their ambassador with beautiful flower. And look how that worked out. I like how that was their only ship and it was nine years ago. They haven't built another one. Like, 
I don't understand this entire community. What are they doing? They don't have to eat or farm or do anything, so... Yeah, yeah. What are they doing? Did Maddox just pick a planet with very few natural resources? It was pretty. It was a pretty planet. It reminded me of Felucia, and Felucia is one of my favorite Star Wars planets, so I liked it. I just wanted to know where was the where the hell was all the lightning? Because that was kind of a big thing for yeah. finding it. And good point. Where yeah. was all the lightning? Yeah, I, I, I'm a pretty simple soul, but I do require a basic level of consistency. <laughs> and yeah, and it was way it was very pretty. And they had those flower ships. I love they the have flowers. Giant flower ships that. I also love the flower ships, and they were very Felicia, but, and, like, they, you know, they were the orchids, they were the Dodge orchids, so yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, this is, this is some level of consistency. And they were However, wild, like something out of a 1970s sci-fi novel. If like, they, th- yes. they suggested that they could build more of those in the, like, 24 hours that they have, they were going to build at least another or something and yet again they couldn't build a ship to leave the yeah I, not, I don't that know. doesn't make sense they've put all their resources into hacky sack and cat cloning and it's really hard to pivot the, the one the cat yeah it's so it wasn't a cat clone it was a android clo- uh, cat right was oh, it was it? Robot cat? Why would it be wouldn't it be a synth cat? I don't know. I just I, I see a cat and I assume it's a perfect bi- biological cat. I I don't want to <laughs> discriminate against android cats. Like it probably doesn't use a litter but, box, so okay. that's a big improvement. I love but, cats. There's no way that in 30 years it would still be spot 2. This is true. Honestly, <laughs> data went through a bunch of spots and you know, one point he was a male, and at another point she was pregnant. So, I think we're well into double digits. I think it's a synth cat. Synth cat. I love it. I want one. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that's definitely what I would do if, if I had the ability to make androids. I would just make mm. a lot of android cats. It sounds great. Yeah, because they purr and they cuddle, and I assume they do their own cat things. So. Oh. The perfect android. So we can talk about Rios now, because Rios is not a cat person, which means negative to Rios in my book. Right, right. Uh, he said that, and I was like, yeah, this explains a lot about my feelings about you, buddy. But, it's so weird, but all his scenes with, with Agnes, where he's, like, solicitous of her, I'm like, wait, why does he care again? And then, very far in, I was like, oh, yeah, they slept together that one time. Yeah. And it was definitely played as we are, I am using you to make myself feel better. And it's yeah, not a yeah. relationship. And he does not seem the type of person to have like, I don't know, like close personal relationships. Right. So why so, does he think he's her boyfriend? Yeah. Why does he think he's her boyfriend? And, and you know, when you said like, you're, you're not very forgettable. And I was like, Really though, yeah. like I feel like she's pretty forgettable. If you, if you left, you would forget her. Like it just seems like not nothing against Agnes. I'm not saying she's actually forgettable. I'm just saying that that relationship has not gotten to the level that they're playing it. I mean, I forgot it. So so I just 
this is another we really need more time i i have always been a strong proponent of the shorter seasons but this series i need more yeah i think even 15 episodes would do it i think 13 13 yeah yeah discovery had and discovery had some random filler so i like i would if it was if if they had a filler episode where rios and agnes were cute and and had like more than one conversation then i would believe Mm. in their relationship but they literally had one conversation that was all about i'm depressed and i want to have sex now and then she like went crazy and 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 turned out to be a murderer spy person Mm. so yeah so how did we get from a to b yeah, like Rios clearly has terrible taste in women, which is okay because Agnes has terrible taste in men. And I just just still think she can do better. Rios, uh, maybe. I-, I like his holograms better. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, like, I want, this is ridiculous, because I'm super, I really like Rafi and Rios. I want them to have a relationship, but I'm okay with them not. But, like, what if Rafi... <laughs> started using the holograms as her own little harem (laughs) like i think i'm into that i feel like the hospitality hologram is definitely fully functional yeah i think Mm. that he he could be her new cabernet yeah yes sorry (laughs) that was that was was, like we didn't need any of that but look this is where i'm at like i said my brain is not not there (laughs) Well, I can just keep thinking, you know, this story is so dumb, but I like these <laughs> characters so much. Even Rios, like <laughs> o- like I said last week, on his own, I would find him tedious. With Agnes, I find him tedious. But as part of the wider group, he, he balances them all out a bit. Yeah. You know what? I like his interaction. Like I said, I, I love him with Rafi. I've liked his interactions with Picard. They're another, like, I don't really know how they got so close, but... It sort of, it makes sense, you know, when we first met Rios, he said, mm. I don't need another great captain, great captain in my life. And it's like, okay, he clearly, that's what he actually does want. Like, he, he's yeah. glomped onto Picard in, in, a, in such a manner that it's clear he did need a great captain in his life. He, he did want that. And right. so, like, and... that makes sense from that perspective. And... That's why the Agnes and Rios thing doesn't feel organic. Because yeah. there, there's no indication that, like, if, if he had one line to some hologram or whoever about liking scientists or liking <gasps> doctors or, like, anything that, or, or quirky, like, I don't, I liked... Agnes and Rios before it became a thing and since it's become a thing I just don't believe in it at all and I don't know yeah yeah the only time their relationship has been interesting is when she's telling Picard that she killed a man for him and he looks up with interest right that's after that it just became standard tv heterosexuality I just don't get it no no me neither and I still I have this weird 
they're like going so full forward with Agnes and Rios, and yet he has this weird Janna Soji thing. I don't think that was an attraction. I think, uh, like, I, th- I think he's honestly quite scared of Sutra, which makes him the smartest man on that yeah, planet. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's he's he should tell everybody else to be afraid mm. of her. But I, I I don't think his interest. Or, or vibe with Soji is romantic or sexual. I just think he... Honestly, like when she... Last week when she's like, Captain Rios, will you take me home? I got a sibling vibe. Yeah. And I really like that. Like, I think Rios needs a little sister. I think that would actually be great if it, it became a sibling thing. And he could, like, protect her. Or, like, you know, it yeah. would give him... It would give him something... Because even with Agnes, he's clearly has this protective streak and i think that's right. why he pulled away from everything and pulled into himself and was only talking to the holograms for so long is because he does have this saving people thing right and he couldn't save jana and beautiful flower and he couldn't save his captain and he, he rafi won't let him in enough to save her mm-hmm. like he, he does have he's a bit of a knight errant he should hang out with Elnor more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god, this this whole ship is just people with saving people things. Yeah, it super is. It's like Star Trek Gryffindor. Yeah, which I like. And I really like that Soji kind of doesn't come by it naturally. It's something that she's learning. And I assume next week she's going to have a revelation about how genocide is bad. Which most... So, okay. The second time I watched it, because the first time I watched it, I was really like, why is Soji all of a sudden on board with this? The yeah, second yeah. time I watched it, she became on board with it after she spoke with Narek. And that That's made it. sense yes. to me. I was like, oh, yeah. of course, you're still upset about this whole betrayal. And this one person has come to represent all Romulans. Right. And like it it made sense and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like but it it did take me that second viewing to understand it. And maybe no. that's just me. Maybe I'm distracted by Narek. <laughs> but I I think you might be because I caught it more clearly on the second viewing, but it was there on the first. And I think I think that's fair. I think Soji is acting very emotionally, and also I think she's a bit overwhelmed by being home and by seeing her face in sutras. And if you met someone who seemed so confident and powerful and they looked exactly like you, mm. maybe you would kind of go along with their ideas automatically. Like, I think my ideas are brilliant, so it wouldn't take much for me. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I do think Soji versus Sutra is going to be the ultimate, like, the internal rift. But Soji needs to work her way through that. Do you think Agnes is staying behind because she has a plan to get Picard out? I think she... I do. Because mm. it doesn't really make sense. If, if like, her redemption is to help Brent become a robot, like, that's not a redemption. Right, <laughs> so, that's just so helping like, another asshole. There's, like, no way that that... Like, I just... If that's her motivation, then I don't like Agnes again. I keep going very back and forth on Agnes. She's very, <laughs> she's very clearly a character that you know, I consider my character because she is 
wildly, like she swings in many different ways, depending mm. on whatever is needed this week. <laughs> now she's this Agnes. And it's that's... a bit Janeway-esque. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, Janeway would love her so much. Like, they would be, like... Imagine a time travel space thing where Agnes ends up on Voyager in the Delta Quadrant and Janeway just scoops her up and... I mean, I, I'll be honest, I imagine Janeway with all of them. Mm. Because Janeway is the original saving people thing. Like, she's the right. original. Right. All Starship I... captains have done it, but she makes it personal. Right. Exactly. She collects them into her family. She is a people collector. And she just takes everybody no matter where they came from or how bad they are mm. whereas like picard has standards <laughs> janeway does not <laughs> i'm going to cough i'm so sorry <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm just saying no it's funny because you're right <laughs> So I'd like to imagine Janeway with all of these characters and how like, how she would collect them and what influence she would have over them. And that's why I really love seeing Seven with them because Seven is clearly taken a lot, like she's learned from Janeway and has now made those mm. lessons her own. And I love it. I love Seven right. in charge of the, the cube and Seven backing Elnor up in his decisions. Mm. And it's just... It's great. When Seven of Nine appears on the cube and we pan up and she's standing there with her hands on her hips, that to me was a Janeway moment. Exactly. I've screen capped it to make a, a dream with the icon because in my heart it's always 2003. But <laughs> that, that felt, you know, even Purposeful. if Kate Mulgrew never appears in this series and a part of me kind of hopes she does turn up in the finale leading that squadron <laughs> from Starfleet, but she's there in spirit. It's like Seven is, is her legacy, and I love that mm. because now these new characters can be Seven's legacy, and it's like, I love that. That is my favorite part of any story. This is what I say when I say that the reason that I like prequels and sequels and kids, like the children of characters, mm. it's not because I like the children of characters, it's because I like seeing... What, what happens next and how those yeah. characters that I love so much have influenced the next part and, and yes. how their influence moves on. And it, and it can be a biological relationship or it can be someone that they've taught or it can be, you know, any, it, it can even be like the historic, you know, Picard is a great man and Picard has influenced a lot of people who have never met him. And right. that... That's interesting to me because there are reasons for all of this. Yeah. Speaking of great men, I'm really confused about the timeline of uh, and age of Dr. A.I. Sung, Brent, as you've been calling I'm him. sorry. <laughs> well, because you wrote down here Dr. A.I. Sung, and I see that it's A.I. now, but and I knew he had a weird name, but I just read it as Al, <laughs> and then... And then that clearly was wrong, so that's why I've been calling you him can, Brent. You can call him Al. It's just, it's just what it is. No. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. He's... On Instagram, Chavin said that, that 
you know, Sun could have had many relationships just because we only met one doesn't mean he didn't have lots. And it's like, okay, yes, that's true. Great. So Juliana Sung is the replacement wife and Sung really is that asshole still. It's really weird. It's just, yeah, I agree with you that how, how does this timeline work? Because he said that he's the eldest, right? Yeah. Al is yeah. the eldest, older than Lore, older than Data. So he should be Picard's age. Right, and he's not. Like, I'm maybe, sorry, he's not. Maybe he is, and he's just very youthful, and he's been using android Botox or whatever. I mean, who knows what's in the the atmosphere of their, like, maybe it's the lightning. The lightning keeps him young. I'll buy that. I don't care. Because I just don't <laughs> like that character at all, and I want him to come to a horrible end next episode. Honestly, if it turns out that he is in fact a really nice guy and a really decent person, I'm going to be annoyed because that is not what I was seeing on screen. How could he possibly be? Like, I'm, I, if, I'm very on, it's possible that he killed Saga. Like, that he is a part, Mm. he's Sutra's partner in crime. And like, that's where I'm at. He is just completely evil. There was the bit when Narek you know, looks significantly at Saga's hummingbird pin, and I wondered if he killed Saga and then ran away. But I think that's just no, misdirection. And I, again, it doesn't work because the audience is... Like, the audience knows that he looked at that pin. Exactly. I think it was very clear that that was... that we're supposed to think that Nera killed her because everything points to Nera killing her, but there is, like, a point zero one chance that Nera killed her. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my take. Because what, like, and even if he actually did it, which I just don't think he did, but even if he actually did it, it was under Saga Sutra's orders. Yeah, and, and, and we know that he is very susceptible to taking orders from powerful women. Right, who were coming on him randomly when they shouldn't. <laughs> Why? I know that Chabon said that making Su- Sutra all sensual and stuff was Issa Briono's idea, but that was in the script. Right, like, exactly. that didn't come out of nowhere. And and I don't care that it's Issa Briona. Someone, you know, she's like 22 or something. Someone she was born said, in 1999. Yeah, that's younger than 22. <laughs> mm, she is a tiny, tiny baby. <laughs> so, so my point is, I think she's doing an amazing job playing... She is- Different characters. Incredibly talented. Playing up against all of these other people who are wildly older and more experienced than her. She's doing great. But someone should have said, no, let's not make her sexy. (laughs) Because... Someone should have said, hey, and I'm thinking maybe some kind of showrunner should have looked at the series as a whole and how it depicts sexuality in women and gone, actually, maybe that's a step too far. Save the sexy version of Soji for a future episode. And they just, and it's clear that they don't see it. Like, they're just completely oblivious to this. And yet, every woman I know has noticed. I know. So it's it's really bizarre. what What is going on over there? And it's not like there are no women involved in the show. Like, this episode was co-written by Chabon and his wife. 
I, I don't who directed it because that the 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 bird Merrick looking at the bird pin like I hated that shot. It was so I, it yeah. was just for misdirection, and it was just yeah. like I feel like you could have done it more subtly. I don't even think we needed that one shot because the pin was very, very prominent yeah, it was, throughout. Exactly, it was. It was all like I call her the innocent bird. Like Saga right. was so there. Like she actually had a personality. It was a blank slate, innocent, you know, Edo girl, Spock's brain girl, blank slate, nothing yeah. personality, but it exists like her she had a characterization mm. yeah so, yeah which was better the sexy than innocent. literally everyone else so but yeah so i just i think that we didn't need we didn't need that shot that shot was way over the top and it just it made it to me i it was like blatantly not neric <laughs> that's that's what yeah. i got out of that shot was this is not neric no, especially when you had the relative subtlety of him shredding his pants a couple of a couple of shots earlier, and you know Merrick, right. he's a fidgeter. He, oh he's, yes, he's oh like me, and he needs to take up crochet. And I I like that. It's like okay, yeah, because it gives him more personality. It makes him even more. I'm sorry, I keep saying this, but he makes him even more of a Skywalker. And... No, no, it's a great character detail, and it's small the way, you know, when Rafi's sinking, she rests her thumb against exactly. her mouth like it's her her vape. Small things like that make these characters so much richer. Like, I am super excited for Rafi and Narek to interact, because they have <laughs> that same nervous energy. Yeah, and... They, and... and they have the same, like, self-destructive streak. And they have similar interests in that she likes conspiracy theories and he is part of a massive secret Romulan organization. I think, like, I really, I'm excited for this. Oh no, I think I might ship Rafi (gasps) Narek. Sorry, (laughs) I'm super into that. Because he has a thing for powerful women. Mm. And we don't really know what her type of bloke is, but uh, I can make some guesses. I'm into it. And it would be this weird, mm. twisted, like, you're my new son, but not. <laughs> yeah. Now I, we bone. And, like, that's... Mm. Anyway, we're learning too much about my kinks, but... <laughs> uh, I know I was saying, you know, Narek and Soji feels like an abusive relationship, but I think in a lot of ways that's situational and Narek can improve I think, and as long as he's not trying to date a synth right. then... so my thing about I agree that it comes off as a um and I, I and I think it's I don't know if it's intentional but I think it's a good interpretation mm. of their relationship I think that he has also been abused and doesn't know that's it yes he doesn't know how to have this like he doesn't know how to express himself in a healthy way chabon said something really good about narik and narissa and i almost sent it to you but i didn't want to trigger another rant but uh (laughs) basically narissa raised him and protected him from everything but herself 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I was like, clear. Annika's like, all over that. Their relationship is very, like, she has him wrapped around her finger and, mm. and on, a, on a leash, you know? Yeah. And so... And it's, again, this problem with the sexuality of women in this show that it's never the, yeah. portrayed as positive and very rarely even healthy. But it makes for, like, in this instant, it makes for an interesting dynamic and it kind of it's one of the things that makes narek redeemable right that he can go to therapy right that there are reasons for how he is the way he is and that it's Mm. it's how he's been conditioned and he can be unconditioned and then it's sort of like if he does the work he can have these relationships with whoever he wants to have you know except soji like i really don't want I don't think Soji is up for it, but I really wouldn't want them to get together again. But other people, you I know, kind of Narek want, can move on. I want them to be friends. I want, I want there to be like this, he puts in the work and then she accepts him as who he really is. But then they don't, mm. but they're not like, so they'd be like confidants or, you know, again, siblings again. Like, mm. I don't know. I think that they could have it, a relationship but it, yeah, not the relationship that this because I don't think he knows what love is. Like I don't he he's desperate. He's clearly desperate. Like and mm. and he's using everything he's been taught. Like he both is trying to manipulate her and trying to confess to her at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and, he's and that's all one of the things up. that makes it so repulsive that I'm so willing to hear him out and then I'm like what does that say about me but at the same time he's a fictional character and it's very interesting I just I'm very recovery hmm yeah basically Deanna needs to clear her whole calendar (laughs) I know she's retired but she needs to clear her calendar anyway (laughs) maybe maybe they can hire a gardener for a while and speaking of Nerissa yes she wasn't in this episode or the promo. No. And I'm scared. I hope she's okay. I'm sure she is out there with the flotilla. Uh, I know, but I'm know. worried that they're like hold it. They're like not showing her for some reason that there's going to be some big giant confrontation and she's going to die. This is. Oh, she's absolutely going to die. <laughs> this is where I. I don't want that. Do you like Sutra enough to ship her with Nerissa? I mean. Yes. <laughs> but it would have to be, like, my version of Sutra. Like, right. I think that they would actually make a great couple. <laughs> like, they could rule the right. universe together. It would be I was awesome. going to say, they just need to put their differences aside with a minimal body count, and uh, off they go. I... Pirate queens of the galaxy. Right. Nerissa has so much potential, and she's being used as a one-off villain, and it makes me mm. sad. Yeah, and that's sort of how I feel about Sutra as yeah. well. And I think they're, I was just gonna they're say, both and very that could also similar. Describe Sutra, so yeah, it's interesting to have a series where all of the antagonists are women, but some of them are so flat and so stereotypical in their villainy that it's depressing. Speaking of women, yes, the the promo for next week. Narek says it's the end of all things mm-hmm. or it's the end and they say of and he says everything I think is what it actually says yeah 
And that, so I get the impression that Narek has at least witnessed the admonition in some way. If not like yeah. the full thing, he's he's had enough of it to be indoctrinated and afraid. But I'm curious if that was like a Nerissa mind meld transfer or even mm. just a description of like it seems like I I mean he's he's a boy so like like Elnor he wouldn't get to be involved in the Jatvash clutch the magic thing thing maybe Nerissa made a really terrifying holodeck program for him yeah like I'm just it's interesting to me that Narek seems to have intimate knowledge of the end of days enough to mm. even I don't fully believe him when he said that he thought that Soji was going to kill him and that's why he tried to kill her no no that is pure self-serving nonsense nonsense <laughs> yes but I do believe that he is afraid of the idea of synths yeah having yeah. power I guess so I'm just I'm curious as to how Narek learned everything and how he fits into mm. the weird Jatvash matriarchy. And if it yeah, is all Nerissa, like which I'm all for. I'm all for Nerissa twisting like that <laughs> that that's very that fits my narrative for him. It certainly makes me feel better about the terrible things I did to my little brother. <laughs> He posted on Facebook this week that, like, <laughs> the first time he tried sushi, he had something really spicy, and I handed him a gob of wasabi and said, here, this will cool your mouth down. <laughs> You're a meanie. I was a monster! I'm so... I feel so bad about that. so funny. <laughs> well, uh, I, I apologised, and he was like, no, it was really funny. But still, I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. Anyway... Nerissa, I was making me feel better about I was myself. an overprotective big sister. That was me. Yes. I was very yes. like I'm going to I'm going to mom you all. And which I think in her own weird twisted Nerissa way, Nerissa is trying to do. Like, oh, right. She's definitely right. care like I feel like she actually cares about her family. Nerissa right. and Ramda more than anyone else. Like she she does care. In it's just that way. she is no more capable of being she she is as damaged as Narek by right. whatever and by, yeah. I'm pretty sure just by Romulans but it turns out Romulan society is not so great <laughs> turns out that Romulan society is maybe even worse than Vulcan society yes somehow amazing I mean I, and they're they're Screwed up in their own ways. And you know what? <gasps> okay, this is not what this episode is, uh, this, this series is about. But what if reunifying the Romulans and the Vulcans actually made them a good society? I honestly think that that's, that's part of it. Like, that neither of them have had balance since the, fe uh, the separation. And Sorak has a lot of good ideas, but they're easily taken too far. And Romulans are obsessed with secrecy, the way Vulcans are obsessed with privacy. And it's two sides of one coin. Aww. And so the society you get with reunification is not necessarily 
human-like, but it's better oh, than what they have now. They need to bring balance to the force. Oh. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I would really love for that to be where this, like, and we don't have to see it even, but if, like, the Romulans are accepted mm. and they start building those bridges and become back to unification that is like that Spock's that Spock's legacy that gets to be brought into I just like I love the Romulans and I really want them to not destroy themselves which is what they seem to be only good at doing at this point like they they shouldn't have to become human in order to in order they shouldn't have to bend to the Federation's will in order to be accepted. Mm. They shouldn't have yeah. to change their entire culture. But they do need to let go of the parts that are toxic. Right. And it's like how we had Cardassia developing a new system at the end of Deep Space Nine. And, you know, there were points at Deep Space Nine where Cardassia was on the verge of becoming a democracy. The Romulans can do that too, and I think that's a really good story. And if season two of Picard wanted to be all about Romulan and Vulcan unification, I would be down with that. Oh my gosh, and then like in a few generations you have like actually a, a, a society that isn't so broken. Right. Also, I just want to point out that Commodore O is basically one of the most functional people we've seen from either culture. She's evil, but she chooses to be evil. Yeah, you're right. And she's very comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. In a way that, like, no one else is. None of these others are... And you see very few Vulcans with that level of confidence either. And I think the main one is Tuvok, who yeah, you're you know right. didn't achieve it until his second century. Yeah. One, be more like Tuvok. But two, maybe Vulcans can have a little emotion as a treat. I mean, I think that it... Not to be like that person, but... So you look at Tuvok and... It's clearly his relationship with Janeway, which is so long-standing and such a big part mm. of him, that he, that he, like, he's she's his family on Voyager, mm. and has been a part of his family pre-Voyager, and so, and the, you know, and then you look at like Kirk and Spock, and you look at T'Pol and Archer, and it's like having these relationships with people who are wildly different is what yeah. makes them functional. Whereas Sarek, who, like, avoids those relationships and even tries to turn the people he, in his life who are already I was just going to say, human, he has married two human women. Like, but he tries but to yeah. force his culture on them. Yeah, there's no compromise there. So it's, it's like, it's interesting. And it's just, like, I just think that... I think we're on the right path that the Vulcans are missing the Romulans and the Romulans are missing the Vulcans. And if they were Mm. one people again, then they would both benefit. Yeah. Or they would decide it's time to take over the Alpha Quadrant and we're all doomed. True. But I feel like... But you take that risk with everyone. But they're both trying to do that anyway. 
And I guess you're saying that if they're split up, they they can't. They're like there's yeah, too much infighting, yeah. and the crazy humans can. I don't know. I just mm. I don't want either culture to be lost, and I feel like Star Trek has really made a case for humanity being best. Which is obviously we're humans. It's a human show. Like yeah, it like, makes you I watch I science get fiction it. made by Bajorans. You get a whole different perspective. <laughs> I just want my Romulans to be happy because I love them. And I'm so happy that this show, like, as much as I quibble and complain about this show, the fact that it's about Romulans is so wonderful to me. It's like a gift. It's what I've wanted since I was 12. And I am so, so happy about that. And, And also, like, I really like the android stuff, too. Yeah, as much as we spent a whole hour complaining about this episode, (laughs) I really enjoyed it while I was watching it both times. And even when the execution falls down, and I think this is, again, something I've said in an earlier episode, I really enjoy the ideas. I still don't think that Chabon is doing anything particularly original with his concepts, and I think he he thinks he is, which is sad. But as you have said, originality can be overrated. Yeah, because... I like, I like old stories in from new eyes or from new perspectives, mm. and I think that that we're close to that. We're not there. This is not. Yeah, it's sort. It's more like an old story with the perspective of someone who hasn't read that story. Yes, that's it. <laughs> it's not new, but it's <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, but I don't. I like all of the characters. I really, I think all of these characters. Except Sutra. Even Sutra could be good if she mm. wasn't written the way she is. Yeah, yeah. If she, if if she, if she was completely different, Sutra would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not bad. She's just drawn that way. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because. I start to think of of Janna, and I'm like, mm. is Janna the opposite? Because Dodge and Soji weren't that different. No, but you kind of get the feeling that they were maybe thrown together for this particular mission, and maybe, maybe there is a good twin, evil twin hap- thing happening with like with, with Laura and Data. But then Saga and Akana both seem to be very similar, and neither seemed evil, so. And you can't go up to an, a set of identical twins and ask which is the evil one because they really don't take it well. Well, and, but what I guess what I'm saying is that Soji and Janna aren't twins. They had other twins. I don't know. Because, mm. I, so, so I mean, Soji and Sutra. Sutra and Janna, they're are gold, right? So they're older, yeah. right? They're the lore. So maybe Sutra and Janna were both lore-esque and Dodge <laughs> and Soji are both data-esque? Maybe? I don't know why you would sit down and create an evil android but maybe I don't know why I just said that when we have Apple products <laughs> in this very room. No one sets out to create an evil android, it just happens. Well, so this is just comes back to we don't actually know anything about how they were created or what happened mm. or like so if if as the narrative suggests 
Bruce Maddox had pieces of Data's brain that... Which we will generously assume Data sent him and gave consent for this whole reproduction thing. So... Because otherwise, ew. That, what, what it comes down to is how identical were Data and Lore? If Data was a copy of Lore, then could some of Data's positronic bits carry lore's whatever makes lore lore you know what i mean and so and that got into sutra and maybe it didn't get into any of the others maybe it only got into sutra right i don't understand computers but that sounds reasonable (laughs) i'm gonna have to rewatch data lore aren't i i just i mean okay so i have i have a lot of affection for data lore because it was the first next generation show that i ever saw and it made me love Beverly Crusher. That is that is valid, and that is kind of Beverly is kind of the main reason I'm open to watching it again. Uh, is Star Trek Next Gen still on Netflix? Yes. Maybe we can consult with our listeners and organize a Netflix <gasps> party using that Chrome app. I would love to do that. A bunch of people can watch some data lore. Data lore party! I love this idea. Yes. We should definitely make that happen. Because that episode will be way better with friends and wine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'm not sure what kind of time zone will permit me to have wine, but... uh... I'm willing to be up in the middle of the night. (laughs) I don't have to go to work in the morning. I'm like... Does working from home permit day drinking? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, look, I just think we need something to make us all feel connected. Yes. And I think that it would be great to be connected by a truly terrible Next Generation episode that I love <laughs> nonetheless. Right, it's not like we're asking people to watch Code of Honor with us. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing offensive about data lore. See, now we're going to watch it and find out it's very... Be like, be like, oh no, it's super offensive. But I'm, I'm just, this is, this is what I'm saying. Sutra mm. is Laura's daughter. Where I'm going. That's I'm, Spiritually, I'm if not sticking, literally. I'm sticking my yes. flag in. <laughs> Sutra is Laura's daughter. Yes. And I like her better that way. Just the idea of Sutra being Lore's child and Soji being Data's. Like, I like Sutra better that way. I, if, yeah. If there's, again, with the, the legacy, if there's history, if there's a reason behind how someone is the way they are, I like, I like it more. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It, it's certainly better than deciding that she just logicked her way into being sexy evil. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that was a, yeah. That, what is was the logic of sacrifice? That was a strange conversation. I kind of enjoyed it though because it's just it feels so next gen to have an earnest conversation mm. about the ethics of. Yep, I agree. Well, genocide. Yeah, I'm not which is a short I conversation. Disliked but... it, but it was it was <laughs> it was it was sort yeah. of one of those people don't really talk this way, but oh, I'm I'm willing to give it to you. Yeah, I am very disappointed in Soji, I have to say. My android daughter has really let me down. But, <laughs> it's because you know, of characters are allowed to make mistakes. 
She has and she has unresolved narrative feelings. And as she does. As someone who also has unresolved narrative feelings, <laughs> I relate. I yeah. You can't have a redemption arc if you haven't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And may uh, Soji can have a little genocide as a treat. <laughs> I think I've just used that meme like three times in this episode and I'm going to have to decide which is my favourite and cut the rest. <laughs> okay. At which note, let us wrap up. Righto. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to AntimatterPod. You can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com including links to our social media and credits for our theme music. You can also follow us on Twitter at at antimatterpod. Sometimes we post cat pictures and questions for our audience. And we're going to invite you to our exciting data lore party. If you like Totes us... exclusive in the sense that it's not exclusive at all. <laughs> Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us. And join us next week for the season finale of Star Trek Picard et in Arcadio Ego Part two. We're gonna have to come up with some non like non regular episode episodes. <gasps> what? I know. <laughs> and because... it can't be about Yoda. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry.